Speaking to the Nameless, Episode 2. Well, what can I say about you? At first glance, I feel that so much depends on how you feel. How are you? And what do you think? And there's been a big gap there for me. And looking back, I can see some things we did really well. And things that we could have done better. And perhaps I should perhaps I should start with the last time I saw you. So the last the very the very moment which was the last time I saw you, you were standing on the front porch of your house and you were smiling and you were waving at me as I drove away in my car. And we just had tea at your place, and you'd been very friendly, very cheerful, and I'd said goodbye to you, saying that I would never forget you and you'd always have a place in my heart, which is still true. And we were catching up and saying goodbye because I was just about to go off on a big adventure around the world. And I knew it was going to be quite some time before I would ever see you again, if ever, and a lot of things would change for me and for you in that time. And actually, on that trip, I sent you a postcard. And you weren't the only one that I sent a postcard to. There was actually about a dozen people that I sent postcards to. More, more than ten. And I figured, well, I'd send you one. It's a, it's a friendly gesture just so you know what's happening, or to receive something nice in the mail. It's always nice to receive something in the snail mail, especially these days when the snail mail isn't really used so much because of our technology. And of course, I didn't hear anything because you don't expect a reply on a postcard. And as it happened, after a lot of travel, I ended up in the same town, just as visiting, and I thought I'd send you a message and see how you are and see if you'd like to catch up or if it's right or if it's not, and I was totally open for you not being available or it not being the right time, and I didn't know, 
how you were at all. I knew nothing. I just thought I'd put it out there that we could catch up and say hello again. And then your response was very cold. You said that you didn't want me just popping up in your life. And you didn't appreciate the creepy postcard. And, well, of course, my initial response was to say, well, sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. But then I quickly realized that there's a lot of hurt feelings between you and me. And obviously, the contrast of the last time I saw you to how you feel about me when I tried to contact you again, shows that, well, you feel very differently and some things have changed. And really, it's understandable. I can't blame you. And our relationship was such that there were some hurt things in there. There were some, well, the way I see it, what, what I'm thinking now in this very moment is that when, when we were together, we actually related very well for the, for the very large most amount of the time. It was very good. And when we were apart, well, that was what was hurting when I wasn't with you when we weren't spending time face to face and I and I should understand that I should understand that I I don't know how to say it I don't know how to articulate it but there is something in not Not, uh, see, see, I, I don't have words for it. I can't, I can't describe it. Not giving yourself to someone is, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It's like, can, can you hurt someone? by not doing something to them? Can you upset someone by, by, by a, an absence of action or presence or relating? That's really the question that comes up. And I think in, in our case, the answer is yes. That's what's happened. And there was a time when you acknowledged the beautiful things and the positive things between us. You, you were quite aware of the good things. And really, that's one of the strengths of us is that we were able to cherish what we had. We cherished it so well. And we were so great when we, we were together. And there were so many beautiful moments. 
and and the the time the moment when you came to acknowledge that and declare that i wasn't on board with it i was i didn't want to listen to that i just wanted to get away i wanted to cut myself off and that was a failing on my part to acknowledge the good things at the right time it's one it's one thing to acknowledge the good things that is a good milestone but the question is when is the right time for that and it's not always the right time and i didn't i didn't have that when the time was right with you that was something that i wish i had done so if i can make amends now i would say wow we discovered so much together and we had so much joy so much fun it really was just just uh so beautiful to be around you and uh like uh, i can't think of any way i couldn't cherish those memories and one of the things we did really well was we allowed the inner child to come out we allowed for the playfulness that was really the the foundation of what we did of all the things we did and it was very funny there were so many laughs so much laughter and we were so silly it was just ah i i yeah i i can only smile at such things but on the flip side the thing that we didn't do very well and i think this was one of the the failings and why well i don't know why but i don't know the larger significance or meaning but one of the things we didn't do very well was the maturity or we could say the inner adult now there's one thing to be organizing your domestic affairs and organizing your life and it's another thing to have your inner adult mature maturity that's what was missing and maturity doesn't mean the exclusion of playfulness it doesn't mean the inner child can't come out maturity or what it means i think in relation to you and me or what it could have meant in the context of talking about you and me it meant talking about those tough things talking about those things we didn't want to talk about and talking about them in a way that we can work through them in a way that there is going to be a solution and the manner in which we have that conversation is it, it takes maturity and it's very very much possible to have immature notions of how those conversations take place and i think that happened between us we weren't very mature 
in how we dealt with those things. And I can say on my side, I was too... I was not very this I don't know where it's sort of unraveling for me as I speak and I don't know how to describe each part because they all want to be described at once your innocence was not something that I nourished very well and there's a difference between the inner child and innocence and playfulness and innocence. Now, when it came to innocence and maturity, my attitude was to say, well, like, the, the, the general attitude was, well, grow up, toughen up, deal with your problems, get your life together. If you've got a problem, fix it. If there's something you want to improve, improve it. This sort of staunch, tough attitude. Look at me. I'm fixing my problems. I'm working hard to improve myself. This sort of thing. And this is not very caring. This is not very understanding of innocence and inexperience. And a lot of the times, it's, it's not appropriate to say to someone, look, here are your problems, toughen up, take responsibility. It's not right for me to have said to you, get your life together. And I'm afraid that that experience has really colored your sense of relationships and your direction in life. It might be that now you have this thing of, oh, yes, I have to go and work. I have to go and push myself, force myself to become a better version of myself or to fix my problems. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that will lead you to some good things. But I don't think how we were relating was very good in the sense of maturity and understanding innocence. And I've learned a lot about innocence since then. And it really takes a mature eye, a maturity, to, to, to nourish innocence. And really the thing that got in my way was my big brain. It was my intellectual thinking. And I still have that come through. It's coming through right now. I can feel it coming through at times. Even in this very conversation, I can notice some of those patterns happening. And I should have realized that I could always outthink you. Always, by a long way. Like, there's there's no competition there. My brain is just way bigger than yours. But that's not to say that I'm any better of a person. That's not to say that 
your individual nature can't flourish and flower. And I see now that that, that was stopping that. That was that, that big brain nature in me was really stopping you from, from flowering how you could have. And of course, there were wonderful things that you did with me that you couldn't have done with anyone else. And there were wonderful things that you found because of me. Which actually brings me to another thing, which is how much I wanted to affect you. And the whole thing of me saying, oh, I want you to improve your life in a staunch sort of way, that actually comes from a place of, I care for you and I want you to find these good things that I've found and I want you to learn from me. And I see now that it's not right for me to say, well, you should have been smarter to learn from me. If only you were as smart as me. That's so wrong. That's such a wrong attitude to have. And even on the flip side, you can say, well, I should have been a better teacher. I should have known how to communicate better to you. I should have illustrated things better to you. It's my fault you didn't learn from me. But even that also isn't quite right because that's this idea that we're putting onto the relationship. That's this thing that we're trying to live up to or we're trying to fit into when really a relationship is a dynamic thing. It's a flowing, changing thing. And sure, every, every relationship has a part of it as, oh, I'm teaching and you're learning, or here are some lessons, or here are some insights. But I think that was too much for us. And maybe... Me giving up on, may, may, maybe honestly, if I asked myself, I wished the relationship was more like that. Maybe I, maybe I need a relationship where the person is learning lots from me because I feel I have so much knowledge and so much experience. And since then, well, in a way I have experienced that with other people. And then there's another flip side to that, which is, well, why do you have to teach so many people? Why do you have this in you? I say to myself. Why are you trying to change people? Why can't you just accept people for who they are? And that as an assumption has been actually something very deep that I've gone into. I actually stopped teaching. I stopped talking. I stopped prophetizing. I stopped sharing my knowledge for over a year. And basically on, on this big trip that I went on, I said, okay, I'm going to revert back to being a student. And I'm never going to 
have a relationship again where I'm trying to impart my ideas onto someone else. And, and that attitude was, was so deep in me because of how you and me related. Because of how you and me had our relationship. I realize that you will mature. At least to some extent. There is always the passing of time. There is always the unfolding of life. And there's always a retrospective understanding of a relationship past that comes up, whether it's conscious or whether it's unconscious or whether it's detailed. There's always something. It's a part of the structure of who we are inside. And my question to myself is, well, how will you mature? What will your maturity look like? And I really hope you don't turn what we had into a regret within yourself. And I really hope it doesn't color your future relationships in a negative way. And I wouldn't know the first thing how to I wouldn't know the first thing what to say to you in order to curb that or to stop that from happening. And really, there's possibly nothing I could say. Is there anything I could say that you would listen to? And you can see even now I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the teacher again. <laughs> I'm trying to be the, the one telling you how to live your life. It's so, so easy and so quickly how I fall back into that. And I believe there were times when I accepted you for who you are. There were times when I was showing you, I think, that life didn't have to be so hard. And your life, well, your life is pretty hard. There's a lot of struggle in it. There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of emotional stress. And... I don't know how things are now. Maybe things have changed. But this whole thing of struggle and work hard and then collapsing and being tired at the end of the week. Well, I, I hope that's not still like that for you. I hope you find a way to balance that. And actually in that, is a lot of energy and there's a lot of motivation. 
So it's not necessarily a matter of the, the, the picture of changing that is not a matter of oh, becoming lazy or becoming easy or becoming relaxed in a sort of apathetic or boring kind of way. No, it's more of a, a transmuting into motivation and action. And of course, I don't know where you are now. I don't know what you're doing. It might be that you have found that. And I can wish all sorts of things for you. I can wish all the the best sorts of things for you. I don't know if I should say sorry. I don't know if I should say sorry for sending you a postcard, even though you obviously didn't enjoy it. Of course, my initial reaction is to say sorry, but when you consider that, hey, I'm just treating you how I always have, and something's changed in you, well, maybe it is on you, your reaction to me. And I meant that gesture as just a friendly gesture. So I'm not sorry I sent you a postcard. And I don't know how much else I really want to say, except that I really cherish our time together. And I really had a lot of things open for me, and I discovered a lot of things with you. And I can see that the the sort of back and forth or the different times when we were together or not together or doing this or doing that or not doing this and not doing that plays a part in a relationship such as ours. So, as it stands, there's no way that I can reach out to you with the the nature of the message or the response that you've given me. It's it's now inappropriate for me to send you any sort of contact, which means you've closed the door. Now, of course, I am open to you. I am. I would be gratefully happy to hear from you. I'd have I have so much to share. I'd be so overjoyed to hear about your life and what you're doing. Because I have no idea where you are or what you're doing and I'd be happy to learn how you are. But as it stands there, there's no option. It's all up to you. It's all in you. And I and I see this well I don't want it to be like the ball is in your court. It's not entirely a matter of, oh, well, I was being I was being the good person and you just didn't like me or you just couldn't see that I was a good person. No, I'm not trying to say that at all. This is not a the ball's in your court kind of attitude. I can see how I, I can see how upsetting I might have been. 
generally, broadly speaking, with, with how we were. And I can see that I must have meant a lot to you for you to feel so upset with me. So I remain open to you, and it's very unlikely we will ever talk again. So really I just sit now with some fond memories and hoping deeply that you can live your life without regrets and without so much worry And thank you. Thank you so much for everything. So thank you and goodbye. And that's all I have to say for now.